Welcome to Design Much with Andy and Patrick. Andy, are you ready? Hey, Patrick. I think I'm ready. You ready? Yeah. I'm ready. Is the audience ready? They were born ready. They were born ready. <laughs> or born yesterday. Ah! <laughs> Snap! Audience burn. <laughs> <laughs> That is my favorite kind of burn. <laughs> and you burn your audience of your podcast? Yeah. <laughs> what's our um, What's our lovely topic today, Andy? <laughs> what is it, Andy? Our topic today. <sighs> what does design and agile mean to you? Oh, boy. I've been tasked with, with becoming an agile expert in my org so I can... Be, I can better integrate UX into the agile process. This is sent in by a friend of the show, Jake Madsen. Mm-hmm. Hi, Jake. <laughs> um, what does agile mean to design? Is that what he said? He said like, to he you. He kind of lost me. He said agile, and then I was like, ooh, check you, out. <laughs> you don't like agile, huh? Power off. <laughs> 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 no, what, what does Agile mean to me? What does Agile mean to you, Andy? He asked you. Um, he actually asked you because I read it and I said the word you. No, but you were reading it and he was, you were reading it to you. You oh. just said it out loud. Oh, man. Okay. Okay, so what does it mean to me? <laughs> <laughs> what does Agile mean to you, Andy? So Agile, to me, Patrick, um, what it means is um, it's a way of getting things done. It's a methodology in which you do work, okay? Yeah. <laughs> there's there's other methodologies, Patrick, um, mm-hmm. such as waterfall, mm. and um, a newer one that's that's fancy and everyone thinks they have to do it. IPA. I haven't heard of IPA. I don't know. Before. I made that up. You just made it up right now. Yeah. What, what is this? What's, what's yours? <laughs> the new one is agile. <laughs> the new one's agile. I thought you had a newer, newer. No, one. there's not a newer, newer one. Just now, the new <clears throat> one is agile. Um, and that can be kind of broken down a couple of different ways, but there's, um, one way of doing agile is scrum. And another way of doing agile is Kanban. Kanban. Jinx. You could do them. You could do them the same too. You could do a little bit of scrum and a little bit of Kanban. Yeah. Or you could, or you could not do either of them. Uh-huh. I wouldn't say I'm an agile expert. Would you say you're an agile expert, Andy? I wouldn't say that I'm an expert now. Are we experts in how agile affects design though? I don't know. <laughs> I don't think I'm an expert in anything, Patrick. Hey, trivia question, Andy. Where uh, where was Agile born? Like, everybody's into Baby Yoda these days, you know? Okay. Like, nobody knows where Baby Yoda was born, but we know where Agile was born mm-hmm. in its cute little infantile stage. Do you do you know that? Do you know where it's I, I think I know where it was born. Mm-hmm. Where I don't, was it born? I don't know who birthed it. I can't remember the name of the individual a bunch of, or bunch individuals. Of, yeah, a bunch of mid mid-aged middle-aged white guys birthed it yeah but But where i think from what i understand it was here in utah at one of our ski resorts (laughs) is that right yeah but you gotta name which one you only win the prize snowbird snowbird is it snowbird you're exactly right i knew it now we're probably wrong but uh i'm pretty sure it was born (laughs) at snowbird somewhere exactly right now you're probably wrong. somewhere up little cottonwood canyon 
Yeah. Or in the vicinity, it was probably like Sandy, Utah, or something. But they said Snowbird. It, it was like the, it was like the resort, though. So I think it was up in the canyon. I think it was like a retreat. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, these dev managers had a retreat in their pleated khaki pants up at Snowbird <laughs> and came up with the agile ma- the agile manifesto. Which, when you come up with a thing that's called a manifesto, mm-hmm. it sounds like you're going to bomb somebody, right? <laughs> okay. Yes. They did. They did metaphorically bomb the way work yeah, is done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. They bombed the entire <laughs> development community with this. Whoa. Yeah. People over documentation. <laughs> uh, but that's where it comes from, right? That's where that's where the whole agile methodology comes from. Is that? Yeah. Agile manifesto, which yeah. is, which is. Let's look it up, Andy. Let's go to the let's go to the internet machine. Uh, Bborp, agile manifesto. Uh, yeah, .org. <laughs> Maybe. Where is it? Yeah, that's it. AgileManifesto.org. Okay, there it is. And the picture's really cool, Andy. Let's talk about the picture. Uh, first I think of all, you're right about the pleated khakis, man. <laughs> no, I'm 100% right about this. <laughs> I'm not saying these guys aren't intelligent. That's not what I'm saying. These guys are very intelligent. And they did something that did revolutionize development, right? Yeah. But some of them are wearing pleated khaki pants. <laughs> okay. Um, no, but they come up. It looks. It looks like uh, the the look of this, the feel of this, is almost is almost like colonialish. If I was to say, like, it looks like a painting that you would hang up in your house, like uh, like George Washington yeah. crossing the Delaware, like a founding father sort of. Yeah. It's like yeah. Because totally look at them. They're all looking at this like glowing light thing. Have you ever noticed that? The one guy's like pointing to this glowing light orb. Mm-hmm. The rest of them are huddled around this glowing light orb. Yeah. And I think inside of that glowing light orb is the Yoda, the baby Yoda of the Agile principles. <laughs> right? <laughs> I think you're right. I've never seen this before. This is pretty interesting. You haven't seen this before? No. Okay. You should, you should look over this. This is what the Agile principles are. Our highest priority is to satisfy the customer through... Early and continuous delivery of valuable software, mm-hmm. not just code. Yeah. Valuable software. Deliver uh, working software frequently. Key, working software frequently. Um, business people. Business people, Andy. Business people and developers must work together daily through the, throughout the project. These are agile principles, Andy. Yeah. How does how does something like this, uh, all kidding aside, how does something like this though impact design? To Jake's point, I think it impacts it in a big way. Um, so basically, if we if we look back in the past, um, and actually in the present, for a lot of individuals who still work this way, if you work in the way of waterfall, mm-hmm. um, the way that is is you as a designer get some requirements. They say go design this thing, and then you you go design it right. You don't involve anybody. You just do your job and you you just design it. And then, as they say, you kind of throw it over the wall when you're done to the developers. So you'll send them an email and be like, here's my designs. Everything's done. And here is a super long list of documentation, which is like user story, yeah. like acceptance criteria, all this stuff. 350 requirements. Exactly. Like here's all the stuff that has to do with this design. Those developers have never seen this before. They've just been waiting, waiting for your stuff. Um, and... They, they get your email and they just they just build what they see. They don't ask any questions. They might ask some questions, but they don't they don't have any idea as to what your process was, 
how you came to this decision, um, what it means to users. They just yeah. get this documentation and they build it and then they pass it off to QA. Um, so it's basically just this, it's, it's the, um, I can't think, I can't remember what the word I'm trying to think of right now, but it's like a conveyor belt line. What's that called? Yeah, it's a... What's assembly line. Assembly right? line. Yeah, exactly. It's the assembly line of of software development, right? Yeah. Um, whereas today, for those who do work in Agile, um, you are actually working together to find things out, right? So, the uh, developers are involved in the the, the um, I can't talk today, Patrick, but they're involved in the discovery process. They're involved in um, a lot of things that design um, is doing, so they can actually understand what's going on. And after you finish your mocks, you're still supporting development and you're still working with them. So you're working together as a team to ship the lowest amount of value that you can to the user. So you're breaking it down into chunks versus, you know, the super long 350 page of documentation that you're handing over. Mm -hmm. One of the principles, speaking of that, the way you just talked about, the most efficient and effective method of conveying information to and within a development team is face-to-face conversation. Face-to-face conversation. Mm-hmm. See, that's a big change, right? Not there. in a requirement doc, right? Mm-hmm. Not in some like crazy Google doc somewhere. I think I think the interpretation of face-to-face should you could probably replace that with Slack. Sure. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, real-time conversation, right? Yeah, it's like constant like, conversation. Yeah. Um. Yeah, there's a lot of good. There's a lot of good principles. I think that I think there's a lot of good principles in the Agile manifesto and where that kind of comes from. One of them, um, one of them is at regular. The last one on the page there is at regular intervals. The team reflects on how to become more effective, then tunes and adjusts its behavior accordingly. And I think that um, I think that's an important thing. One of the other principles we didn't talk about too was the self-organizing team things. So like it just says best architects uh, requirements self. Requirements and designs emerge from self-organizing teams. The self-organizing teams is a little bit of a misnomer, I think, because generally we don't self-organize our own teams at companies, but we do organize in a way where it's like you have a product development team together, yeah, and they work on what they're working on, and then you have another product development team and another one, another one. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> you know, a basket full of developers, designers, product managers, QA, they all work together. And I think that's what they kind of hit at at the the self-organizing team. Smaller self-organizing teams produce a lot faster. Yeah. They can produce uh, quicker that way. They can produce what's best for the customer that way because they can hone in on it rather than having like a development org and a project that kind of comes through like a wave, like you were talking about conveyor belt. Yeah. Like this thing comes through and, oh, I got to bolt on my things. And I bolt them on. Um and I think that's important. That one go, goes with the reflective reflective nature of Agile is, I think, really cool because as a team and as a designer on a team, it's nice to have that sort of level of humility on the team like yes. where you can look at the project and be like, what went right? What went wrong? What are we going to do next? What are we not going to do next? Um, and it's across. It's not just a designer. It's, it's how the entire product was built Mm -hmm. right it's not just like the design part of it it's everything so as a designer it's really great because you get to chime in too and be like hey like i think we should pay attention to design more like i think we need to do this or 
I don't think we actually accomplished what we said the user was supposed to do, right? Like, I don't think we hit our user goal yeah. or user need. Like, how do we improve that process? Yeah, that's so it's a, constant improvement as well, right? Yeah, that's a that's a really big part of it. That's how that's how teams, as you said before, like sometimes you can have agile and Scrum, um, or sorry, Kanban and Scrum things mixed together, mm-hmm. and that's how sometimes you can kind of formulate what your culture is as a team when you're looking back and you're saying this this worked or this didn't work, right? Yeah. Um, and the thing I wanted to touch on really quick is the the self organizing teams, um, where I actually have seen that work. Um, at Workfront, we do something pretty interesting. We call it 50% Fridays, mm-hmm. where 50% of the day you can just work on something that you think is interesting, right? So I've actually seen teams form just by themselves. Just people are like motivated to get something fixed or yeah. to do something new, and they'll just take the time to do that work. Um, and so that's really important because if if you do have, you know, your teams that are all um, organized um, by whatever that whatever is the way the product is laid out, you own that part of the product. Um, you basically just own that piece of the product, right? Mm-hmm. And you, it's hard to think outside of those bounds. Um, but yeah, if you, you kind have, of live in isolation sometimes. Exactly. Um, and so your motivation is, I just work in my, my isolated area. Um, but if you have motivation to work in some other part of the product or some fix some really quick bug, you can do that. Um, and I think the more motivated you are to do it, um, the better the work will be because it's something you own and um, something you're like really fighting for for yeah. the user. So. so those things like 50% Fridays, do they can they carry over or are they just like one one particular like Friday, like four hours, you just work on this thing and that's it? No, you can you can just do anything you want with that time. Okay. So so yeah, it's basically you, they can ca- carry over for as long as that project needs yeah, to. Yeah, so or we can make can, it last a couple weeks if we need yeah, it necessary. Yeah, exactly. That's cool. I like that. How, how often do like PMs and designers and QAs are mostly develop developers that get um, involved? It's, in that it's anybody in in the whole product engineering engineering yeah. org. They can do that. So, um, so you could have a team form with like a designer and everything they need, right, yeah. to build it. Yeah, exactly. And so there there could be just some devs that form and that they might need some design, so they reach out to a designer and see if they they need some help. So yeah. I've seen just like impromptu teams just form really quick. It's been pretty interesting yeah over something they really care about that's yeah. awesome that's cool i like that yeah you should do I'll it i have to do that here you should <laughs> <laughs> we'll see i'm gonna hit up the engineering team hey what do you think about this you guys only work 50 percent anyway on friday <laughs> <laughs> that's the problem there <laughs> um no i like that a lot uh, so go back to Jake's original question. I think we, I think we're maybe we're getting a little lost. I don't know. Um, basically, yeah, he wants to know what it means to us as, as designers. Um, and so, like, um, because he said he's been tasked to be kind of the agile expert. So, what, what does it mean as a designer to be to be living in the agile world? I think it, I think it means you have to be faster at your job. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you would agree. I think you have to be quicker at producing design work. I think so. Um, and I think you have to, I think the one thing that it really forces you to do is make a decision. <laughs> <laughs> I think it forces designers to become decision makers when I think designers, I think traditionally just, you know, I mean, we, we, we burn people a lot on this show, right? Let's burn some designers for a minute. Um, designers typically tend to be kind of babies and wishy-washy about 
what to do. Yeah. And designers tend to just keep designing, right? Mm-hmm. Just like not even over design, just like, hey, what if we did this? Oh, what if we did this? What yeah. if we did this? Like just keep going. Over explore, right? right? Yeah, over explore. Mm-hmm. Um, or just keep adding more to it, you know? Like there's there's a lot of ways to to not to avoid making a decision. Yeah. I think a lot of designers don't want to make a decision. They want somebody else to make a decision for them. And I think working in an agile environment with, uh, yeah, I think forces you to be like, I got to make a decision because they're staring at me. Yeah. You're the one on the team, right? You're generally the only one on the team that's the designer on the team. Mm-hmm. Um, so you don't really have anybody to help you. You know, they're they're waiting for you to make a decision and say, this is what we're going to design or this is how we're going to approach this project. And you can't be like, well, let me play around with it a little bit more, you know, because like, they're like, we're waiting for you to start building a thing. Yeah. So it forces you to be fast. I think it forces you to make a decision, which I think are both very healthy in our environment, like as designers. I think we tend to want to be slow and we want to avoid a decision. <laughs> Like, wait for a PM to be like, yeah, stop right there. Let's build that. Yeah. No, it's very true. And I think the difference there, if you look at the two different methodologies of waterfall waterfall versus agile, with waterfall, you typically have a long time to do it. Yeah, that river, you're just floating, right? You're just floating, right? You have, like, you have, basically with waterfall, it's typically the way it goes is, like, every, like, six months or there's this time period when you're just typically releasing to your users, right? Yeah. Um, and so you have, like, that long to like go through the whole process. So design could take, you know, two months, yeah. you know, and, and just, just waffle on a decision, right? Versus when you're doing agile, you have to ship the, l- the lowest, what is that called? The minimum value, right? Yeah. However you define some kind of MVP, right? Yeah, exactly. So you have to basically think very holistically, what is this whole job I'm trying to solve for? And then how can I break it down into the smallest piece that yeah. we can actually ship to users? And so you have to build the whole puzzle, but then bring it down to like a small piece of that puzzle mm-hmm. that's actually, you know, usable and functioning and help solve for that job a little bit so that you can throw that, you know, to the user really quick. Yeah. And I think that way too, another caveat of that is you don't have to always release small pieces to the user. You can put it behind a feature flag or yes. whatever, but you do want to break it down into milestones so you can manage it easier. Yep. But as a designer, you still have to constantly be thinking about holistic stuff. Mm -hmm. But it actually allows you, I think one of the benefits of of working agile um, is that you you have the benefit of thinking, like thinking holistically, but then also taking a week and really focusing in on something and making it really good. Yeah. Like I can focus in on this, this one flow and make it really good and get it built and released and then I'll move on to the next piece. So like you said, yeah, you can focus in on those puzzle pieces but you still have to understand how it all goes together. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's I think that's one of the parts about it, agile that I like. That I like working with the most is just like it doesn't a lot. Of, I think a lot of designers think it takes away the holistic part of it. Um, but you just have to look at it. You have to approach it a little bit differently. Yeah. It's like I need to flush out. <clears throat> I need to flush out the big things. That's why I think narratives or user story mapping is is important to do mm-hmm. because then you have the idea. You have the holistic view. And now you can you can go into one of those columns or you can go into one section and really focus on that, but never lose the holistic view. Yeah, and that way, that that smaller decision you have to make is the quality is there. Mm-hmm. Like if you kind of 
take this metaphor into code. If you build this huge application and you just release it one time at the end, it's going to be super buggy because you had to build this yeah. huge thing. Versus with Agile, you get to build build it in small chunks. So those small chunks have way higher quality because you're checking it along the way yeah. and you're focusing on this small piece. The same thing, I think, applies to design as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think along those lines, another benefit to Agile, Patrick, is you get to work with developers closely yeah, and QA closely, which I think is so important because when, when you are designing and you're involving developers, they are giving you feedback that is really smart, <laughs> that actually helps them build their thing better. So they're thinking about how they can build it right. Mm-hmm. Early on, they're giving you feedback as to like, this is a good way that we could build it. <laughs> um, while you're, you know, designing it. So you don't actually design this whole thing, you know, throw it over the fence to developers and they say, we can't do this at all. It's impossible. Yeah. Um, they're actually involved in that. And also, as I've worked with QA, they help me a lot too. They help me um, find all the, the pieces of the design, all the holes that I'm not thinking of, um, all the error states, all that stuff. And we've talked about this before mm-hmm. on the podcast. Um, so involving the whole team in that process is definitely a, a really big plus for working in Agile. Well, it's good. It's, I mean, as a designer where you're facilitating ideas, like it's, that's where you get, that's where you get ideas. Exactly. A group of people, yep. right? I think too, if you've ever worked in a place, I know I've worked in a place before where you've spent a couple months or even a month, like whatever it is, you spend a decent amount of time building something and then you give it to the engineering team. And then it kind of just disappears, you know, and then like you move on to your next thing. Yeah. And then uh, and then you do that. And then then one day you just randomly, for some reason, you open up the app or you open up whatever project you were working on and it doesn't look anything like what you did. Yeah. You just like all of a sudden, oh, there's this thing I designed, but oh, this is not the thing I designed. That's not it. That's (laughs) why. Why did they? Why? Why? What happened to that? What? Where did this go? Yeah. Like all those questions go through in an agile environment. If if you're. If you're a designer that's open and willing to work with the with development and not you know not you know just silo themselves, mm-hmm. um, then it gives you that benefit of knowing how it's built, and it gives you the benefit of reviewing what's being built. Yeah, and it gives you the benefit of knowing that um, my job doesn't end at my sketch file, <laughs> but my job ends when it hits the customer, right? Yes, and I think that is really rewarding for designers. So they can see actually how it built and its functions and it, oh it's it's working oh that's sweet that's awesome mm-hmm. and then you release it and you get to you're working with that team and you get to see how it's released and your PM goes yeah it sucked they wanted this and we have an angry customer now because you moved the button over here and mm-hmm. like all of that stuff I think is so important to know as a designer yeah and generally if you're just like in another building off in a box somewhere like you never get to know you just design stuff you design a concept car and then you. You, you send it somewhere else and you hope for the best, right? Oh, seriously. And there's that whole like team mentality that you get when you design this thing and then you're working with devs and you're seeing them building it. Like they'll, they'll turn around and say like, is this right? You know, mm-hmm. and you'll see it and you'll see it working and then you'll re- all release it together. And there's like, you know, you feel good about that. Yeah. Like it's like you actually work together as a team to get it done. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of like camaraderie that comes with that. Yeah, and it's 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 uh, when you see that kind of impact that it has, it's a lot more rewarding for you than if mm-hmm. you just if your job ended at sketch files. Yeah. You know, it's like 
no, I actually get to see that. Like I've seen portfolios too. And I always, I always like when I see portfolios or when I, you know, when you do something in a portfolio or whatever, where it's like a screenshot of the app that was built, that's in your portfolio, not the sketch file. And that kind of stuff like happens in agile environments, right? Where you're, yeah. where you're a part of it. You're, you're, you're designing something that the engineers are going to build and then you're supporting the engineers when they build it. Mm-hmm. And then you're reviewing the work to make sure that it's the, the right product that we yeah. decided we were going to build in the first place. Yeah, right. Exactly. And that's super rewarding. I think as a designer, um, definitely forces you to make decisions, definitely forces you to like be a part of the process. Um, but that's, that's really important. And even along the, along those lines, it's not just like sometimes, you know, devs will build the wrong thing that you, you know, you mocked up that you specified in your design. Other times they'll build it right. And then you're actually going in and testing it and playing with it. Yeah. And you realize, oh, this interaction does not make sense <laughs> yeah, when it's yeah. in live code. Um, <laughs> like it's something you, it was hard for you to actually prototype, right? Um, yeah. You know, with Envision. So you, when you actually go use it, you're like, nah, this is actually totally off. Let's, yeah, let's this make these feels tweaks. weird. Well, sometimes until you use it, you don't really know if it feels weird or yeah, not. Right? Exactly. So I think if you went through, I think like um, if you went through all of these agile principles um, and just sort of replaced development with design, they all apply. Yeah. Like in the in the thought process, they all should apply. Um so I don't think it changes. I think I think what happens with, I mean, me and you don't really, I don't think, maybe you do. I don't, I think a lot of designers, like, we're fine working in an agile environment, but I don't think we need to necessarily be agile experts or be scrum masters to yeah. figure out what's going on. Because a lot of what agile really is, when it boils down to, is really working together as a team mm-hmm. to figure out what we're doing next. I don't think it's necessarily like follow these rules and you'll do it. You, you figure out how you figure out what the goal is of the project is. You figure out how to build it, and then you build it, right? You design yeah. and build it, and that's just one hundred percent teamwork. Yeah, exactly. So really, it's like yeah, learn how to be faster. <laughs> <laughs> learn learn how to be a team player, you know, and and play with the team and get their feedback, gather their feedback, make adjustments where necessary, um, <clears throat> and understand that you're facilitating the design. Mm-hmm. And not <clears throat> the designer that sits behind the 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 velvet cloak and then comes out with look at this guys. Look and at this like, magic. Oh, that sucks. We can't do that. <laughs> it's totally impossible. Um, yeah, yeah, I think I think that's basically. I mean, I think really on the on on the surface, that's really what it is too. It's not like. Yeah. I also think like it's it's been nice in the past when my work when I've known what I needed to do was in like a Kanban type of environment, you know, where I could see that, you know, cause like in a Kanban environment, you know, generally like, you know, everybody has like tickets that they're working on and yeah. they complete those tickets and they move them forward right to the next phase. And I've always liked working in that environment myself just cause it keeps me like I'm a scatterbrain, right? So it keeps me on what I need to work on next, mm-hmm. right? It keeps me on deck, ready to go. And then it also like allows me to know what's actually happening with the project. Yeah, exactly. It's it's that whole like that communication that can happen with that Kanban board. That's yeah. like the whole point of it, right? Is so you can yeah. actually see what's going on. You can have those conversations like for um, for like those those specific Kanban type boards. You can see like, oh, there's there's too many cards in this lane. What's going on here? What can we do to, to yeah. move these cards along? Right? Like yeah. it's it's all a way to communicate what's going on and making sure that you get the work that you've defined done. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so yeah, well, and having a narrow focus lets you actually focus, right? Yeah. Like instead of being like, Hey, we got to build an app for, you know, watering your trees in the house or whatever. It's mm-hmm. like this week, I'm going to go into work. I'm going to work on a project for this particular narrow part of that broader vision. And I know exactly what I'm working on. Yeah. And so it's like, I can, I, I actually, I feel like, I feel like when you're working, when, when you're working on an agile, you know, team and things are clicking really well. Um, you you feel like you're actually accomplishing more than you really are. Yeah. Because you're so focused. I don't know if any of this helps Jake or not. Because I mean, I don't know if he's like looking for like, hey, when you do Scrum, you know, make sure that you blah 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 blah. Yeah, and but I like think... from a design perspective, I think it makes sense, right? What we were talking about. <laughs> Hopefully, I hope. <laughs> but and I don't think there is like a, a defined thing because again, like as you talked about. Um, the retros like use a team get to define what the way you work in agile yeah. which is the best part like you actually get to define your culture together like if if you as, as a designer feel like something's not going right in the retrospective you actually get to say this isn't going right yeah and you get to improve that as a team and it's that's the coolest part you actually get to like have this culture that makes things work really well for the user and it also is like more valuable for you as a team member. Mm-hmm. You get to enjoy doing your work. Yeah. Um, so we, we can't exactly say this is exactly how to do it yeah. <laughs> because it's going to be different for all the people you work with. Right. All I know is the story points are bad. Right. Are Nobody they likes bad? story points. Why don't they like? Nobody likes burn down charts. Right. I hear everybody. Like, oh, burn down chart. I don't think this is true. You don't think Patrick, this is true? I don't think oh, this okay. is true. Maybe it's just me. <laughs> One one thing I don't like here's here's what I don't like is everywhere I've worked we've used uh, you have to estimate the work right yeah. everywhere you work you have to estimate estimation's the work. hard right so most of the places <laughs> I've worked use some sort of t-shirt sizing thing mm-hmm. which I've always thought was just silly but does it seem to you like every project is an Excel sometimes like have you ever heard have you ever heard an engineering team go, hey, that's small. We'll take care of it this afternoon. Patrick, it's I It's always like, nope, that's an XL. <laughs> so I always go, I always go, well, then why don't we use why don't we use multiple like you're you're picking a you're picking a method that has multiple things in it to use, mm-hmm. right? To size things. Yeah. But why is everything an XL? That's a good question. And I would think that could be that could be because the culture, the devs might feel like they have to overestimate everything. So the yeah. things that really are smalls or extra smalls, they overestimate them because they feel like they've been burned in the past because they yeah. correctly estimated them or underestimated them. Yeah, by burn down charts. Yes. Story points, right? Am <laughs> I right? I don't know. I was just bringing it back. I was just bringing it back to prove that nobody likes story points or burn down charts. Man, I don't know. I don't know about that because the funny thing is I'm actually working on an agile design right now Ooh. at work and all of our users are begging for story points because yeah. we don't have it in our product right now. Yeah, you don't have it in the product. We have like hours. They estimate in hours um, and convert points to hours, but mm. they don't have just story points. Yeah. Just native ones. So that's what they want. That, that that would fit their needs. Is that apparently. what they want, or is that what they need, Andy? It's apparently what did they you need, do. Patrick. Did you do user research on this? <laughs> I don't do user research. Hey, hey, hey! Look, I I'll, this is like anything, right? You know, I hate vegetables. There's well, no point in eating a vegetable, do they? They don't come out say, of the dirt. Don't say this, Patrick. Dude, they come out of the dirt. <laughs> okay, are you, you eat a, are things you out of f- dirt? Yes, I eat vegetables <laughs> out of dirt all the time. Okay, 
I don't want to eat carrots, although I need to eat carrots. Mm-hmm. That's what story points are. Wow. Story <laughs> points are the vegetables of the development world. Wow. Nobody really wants to eat them. Okay, I don't think this is true. What I think this is, Patrick, because I know people who like vegetables, and I would happen to be one of those people. I know you're one of those people. Vegetables you like are... LaCroix, too. This is, yeah. this is why we have the show, Andy. <laughs> this is why it's so successful. Differing points of views. By the way, you like potatoes. Yeah, but potatoes aren't a vegetable. Potatoes are a They're starch. not potatoes. They're not vegetables, exactly. And they, but yeah. they come out of the ground, Patrick. They do come out of the ground. I, I was missing. They're like wrong. deep under the ground, too. They're like the roots of the plant. So they're like definitely covered yeah, in Yeah, they're dirt. way they're way deep in there, right? Yeah. So, so I'm eating dirt every day. Siri. But usually it's deep fried in some <laughs> kind of like... And I'm usually dipping them in some kind of like nacho sauce or yeah, ketchup yeah. or... Ranch, which is what will. a lot of us do with vegetables too. We hey, dip it, <laughs> so you know, we cover it in in cheese and, and ranch two, dressing. Two two quick things to wrap it up. I don't want to go too too much into this. We're already thirty two minutes in, but two <laughs> two two real quick things to bookend this podcast, Andy. I had a nacho fries box today. Nacho fries are back at Taco Bell. Just throwing that out there. They're back. They're back. They're better than ever. That's great to yeah. know. Wow. And secondly, I heard the best. <laughs> Ken, friend of the show, Ken, over here at Dev Mountain. Okay, he's over at Mountain America UX Designer. Cool. He had a really good. Uh, would you rather? Would you rather, Andy? I thought this was fantastic. We did here this we in the go. class, right? Would you rather have constant Cheeto fingers? So, like, you can't you clean them off and Cheeto fingers right back, like all the time, hundred percent Cheeto fingers. All the time. Okay. Would you rather have constant Cheeto fingers for the rest of your life? Or would you rather smell like ranch for the rest of your life? Hmm. See, this is, this is good. This is deep. Yeah, I'm going back and forth here. I can see you vacillating. Because <laughs> if you think about the Cheeto fingers, you can lick the Cheeto stuff off. It's going to come back. But what I'm saying is... If you're like starving, you have some Cheetos. You have some Cheetos to eat. If you're starving, right there you have yeah. You have uh, some horrible, horrible. You have unlimited, nasty food. unlimited Cheeto dust. Yeah, unlimited eat. Cheeto dust to eat. <laughs> Your fingers would dry out, by the way, if you did that too much. It'd be all cracked and splintered and gross Maybe. looking. Maybe. You'd go with Cheeto fingers? I don't know. I, I'm just saying that'd be really nice. Just imagine your keyboard every day. Yeah, that'd be a problem. And your mouse and your desk. I, I love using you know my technology, so that would definitely be an issue. Um, but if the world ended, I wouldn't have to worry about food, man. I don't know if Cheetos. Whereas if you I you being a vegetable man yourself, I don't know if Cheetos would would uh, keep you alive. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> I don't know if Cheeto dust would keep you alive. Well, I don't know. But, but I do like I, I do like your train of thought. I never the, thought about if that. If the world ended and I smelled like ranch, I wouldn't last very long. No, because somebody else would want to eat you. Exactly. Right? So. They were like, eat the ranch guy. <laughs> <laughs> they'd, they'd, they'd go dig up some uh, they'd dig up some lettuce heads, cubes, whatever. Yeah. They'd dig up some lettuce out of there and they'd cut them up and they'd lay you on top of it. <laughs> And then get a lettuce salad, like a like a chicken lettuce salad out of you. Yeah, yeah. I think I'd go ranch. A really like ranch, so I don't got too much of a problem smelling like ranch. 
but B, I, I there's there's other things that can cover up that musk, right? Wait a second. What do you eat ranch with, Patrick? Everything. Everything? Everything. Including vegetables? Yeah. It's the only way to eat a vegetable. <laughs> Here I thought you take your baby carrot out. Just take no, take your baby carrot out. Just paint it with ranch. (laughs) Get a little brush. No, you're doing it wrong. You're supposed to get the ranch, the carrot, and dip it in the ranch and paint your tongue. That's another way to do it. Yeah, use the carrot. I've done that. The carrot carrot is the the paintbrush. Yeah, yeah, as the ranch, as the (laughs) branch. (laughs) Whatever. Use the carrot as the brush. We're doing great. No, but you can spray on a little eternity for men. You'd be all right. <laughs> Maybe. Have you tried that mix with the smell of ranch? I don't know, but it can't be that bad. It's two good things. When was the last time two good things mixed together? It was horrible. If you, had, if, you had, if you had Cheeto fingers and a keyboard, good thing, good thing, they mixed together. The horrible thing. Disaster. So two rights make a... <laughs> two, might, two rights might not make a right. <laughs> but everybody likes ranch. Everybody likes ranch. It's not a big deal. But people don't want to like... If you, if, you, if you went home tonight and you had constant chingo, Cheeto fingers or Chingo fingers, whatever you want. If you, if you went home and your little kid ran up to you and you're like, oh, honey. And you put your hand on them, they get Cheeto dust all over them. They do. No one will ever give you a high five. No one will ever shake your hand. No. You were literally Chester Cheetah. Leaving your freaking Cheeto dust everywhere. Yeah. Plus, you can't get away with murder or anything like that. There's Cheeto dust all over everything. Oh, man. You would get framed so easily, too. All the time. Dang. All the time. Some knucklehead go out, eat a bunch of chips, kill three people. Then they turn you in. Then, then, then the cops show up and you're like, who would have this Cheeto dust everywhere? Who's the only person we know that has this much Cheeto dust? Andy. Andy's the only one. But if, but if you went in and you murdered three people in a room and it smelled like ranch, nobody's going to question it. Freaking, he's going to come in, red-haired guy from CSMA, he's going to come in and be like, wow, and he's going to be like, smells like ranch. Somebody needs bacon or something. He'll say something cool. No, you could totally get away with that because if you kill people <laughs> and you just left some ranch in the room, like you just every time you go kill somebody, you just leave some ranch there. Yeah. They're not going to be the ranch know. assassin. Yeah, the assassin. That's <laughs> some kind of cool name. <laughs> I think you found the name. <laughs> it's perfect. <laughs> the assassin. It'd be like your calling card, but they would never catch you. They would never catch you. Because everyone smells like ranch anyway. Because we're all eating ranch all the time. Yeah. Did you eat ranch today? <sighs> I didn't eat ranch. Neither did I. But I almost ate Cheetos. You almost ate Cheetos? Almost. I ate Cheetos last night. Really? Yeah. Before bed. Which you shouldn't do, no, Andy, man, by no. the way. Did you wash your Heartburn. hands after eating the Cheetos? Yeah, I washed my hands after eating Cheetos. Okay. Was it, were they flaming hot Cheetos? No, just regular Cheetos. Yeah, okay. You got heartburn. Go go eat a bag. Go eat like even a little bag of Cheetos and then lay down on your back. Okay. For eight hours and see what happens to your stomach. It's how they invented acid reflux. Did you know acid reflux didn't exist until <laughs> Cheetos were invented? <laughs> uh, Andy, if you want a T-shirt, uh, go to go to Canop. No, what is it? Go to Design Much. Dot threadless.com. 
if you want to send in your topic, uh, <laughs> topics at decidedmuch.org. And then if you wanna if you wanna go buy a bag of Cheetos, just go over to Maverick or Smith or Harmons or whatever. You can go to Harmons, you <laughs> overpay. <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, it's time to go home, Andy. Yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> what?